if you can do facial massage and you can do your red light and you can do your, you know, new face microcurrent and you can do all these things and spend an hour on your skin every day, please. I would love, love that for you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. And today on the show, I have Celeste Thomas. Celeste Thomas is a registered nurse and holistic skincare expert who suffered from chronic acne for years and went the holistic route to heal her skin from the inside out. Our conversation today, Celeste shares her tips on how to clear your acne and tips on anti-aging from diet choices, clean skincare brands that are actually affordable, and daily routines even the busiest mom can adapt to. But before we get into this episode, shout out to podcast listener Hales Yeah. They wrote, I've just started following Bethany and listening to her podcast. Great information regarding gut health, inflammation, foods to avoid, and recommendations. Thank you so much for this review. And I'm so glad that you just started following me. And I'm always excited to see these reviews and know that people are really enjoying the podcast. So if you are, I always recommend and really encourage everyone to leave their review. Uh, By doing so, that is a great way to help support the show, support me, and it helps get the podcast out into more ears. Everyone, welcome Celeste Thomas. Hi. Hi, Bethany. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to chat and just connect with your community. Yes. So I want to let my followers and listeners know, like you are all things skincare, clean skincare, organic, and not just skincare, but like skin health. So beyond just things that you put on topically, but how can you really make your skin glow from the inside out, whether that's diet, whether that's de-stressing, like all of the things and including, you know, makeup and all that good stuff too. So um, first of all, what what led you yourself to the organic and clean skincare? Like what were you facing personally? It's so interesting how we all came to this kind of wellness world. And I know your story and how you really are helping people now because of a personal struggle. So mine is very similar. I was an adolescent who had really horrible acne. I would say emotionally debilitating acne where I didn't want to leave the house. And I went on a journey with all of the knowledge I had at the time, which was really like find a dermatologist, find a doctor. So I pretty much was prescribed everything just short of Accutane as a kid. It didn't help my acne. My skin was really stressed and irritated and red. And I really loved learning about skincare and I wanted to go into the medical field for so many reasons, but one of them was to learn how to heal my skin. So I went to nursing school, became a registered nurse, worked in dermatology and aesthetic dermatology for over seven years. Through that process, trying every laser, every topical prescription, nothing helped my skin If anything, my skin was more damaged, broken down, Mm -hmm. irritated. I was covering it up with heavy silicone makeups. And it really was a wellness evolution of learning how to make my own fermented foods at home that kind of sparked this interest in some more Eastern philosophies when it came to health and delved more into that and realized that it was truly what you were saying, diet, stress management, and removing the toxins from my life that cleared my skin up in a way that was actually sustainable. So that's what I love to share with my community, really anyone who's struggling with their skin, that they can heal their skin without medication, toxic products, and really harsh, expensive treatments. I love that, Celeste. And so we um, we will get into natural skincare shortly, but before we do, I really want to talk about like your diet. You had mentioned fermented foods. You were making your own. So uh, what fermented foods were you making and, and how did they help? 
The thing that's so interesting about skin is it's such a reflection of everything that's happening on inside your body that's reflected outside. And when you think about gut health, and I know that you're a huge gut health advocate, but so much of skin health starts in the gut. And I was making what I learned from actually, I don't know if you know Lacey Phillips at all or know her work. No. It's very um, manifestation based and it's a lot of um, interesting inner work. A lot of people know her in the wellness space, but she used to teach fermentation workshops. So I first learned how to ferment kraut, all different kinds of veggies from her. So I was, my kitchen was like a little workshop of everything veggie that I could ferment and all these experimentations. And I did veggies and then um, developed my own probiotic coconut yogurt recipe. And so I'm eating one of those things every single day. I love that. I recently personally just got um, a yogurt maker. I got one for Christmas. So I've been making my own fermented yogurt at home. However, I'm I'm using like organic dairy um, because that doesn't bother me. Now, do you stay away from dairy personally? Yeah, so... My personal story with dairy is that I'm very sensitive to dairy and I'm not someone who is going to say all dairy is bad and dairy is bad for everyone. It's so bio-individual and so you know your body reacts well to dairy. I just always share my story and put it as a question to my community members, like try dairy, maybe take it out if you're experiencing acne or negative side effects when you eat too much dairy. We all have to do our own detective work, but there has been a decent amount of research on conventional dairy, which we know is very different Mm -hmm. from a lot of dairy that you're probably eating, that that can exacerbate acne, especially in those who are very genetically prone. Their family members have acne and they may have started having acne in adolescence. So I have no issue with dairy. I think it's a great source of so many nutrients, but for my skin, mm-hmm. it's immediate almost if it's a yeah. soft cheese well, or, and milk I, or yogurt. Well, totally. And just to prep, like to let people know, the only dairy I actually eat is yogurt because it's fermented. Like I don't drink milk. I don't eat cheese. I don't like any of the other dairy items, but if it's yogurt, because it's fermented and it's completely different. So, um, but yeah, like you said, everyone is individual. So you were fermenting, you were making kraut. So what are some um, recommendations you would tell someone to try when they're first starting out eating a fermented food? Because if anyone knows and has eaten fermented foods, uh, you have to start slow because it can give you some gas. (laughs) And diarrhea. And let's get real here. Like, if you eat too much fermented food, it can really jostle what's happening in your GI system. So I recommend starting with a tablespoon a day, max for a week, see how you respond. Some people that's all you need. I really only do a tablespoon or two a day, sometimes a little bit more, but that's just based on, you know, I really love the taste of kraut or I really love the taste of cocoa yo. But if you want to incorporate more that next week, go ahead with two tablespoons and see how you react. But it is a powerful food and you don't need to eat a whole bowl of probiotic fermented yogurt in order to see benefits. So no word of warning. I love that. And for those that are listening, I mean, I'm, I know you guys can't see Celeste, but I'm looking at her right now and her skin is just glowing. I mean, it is, you can have, look her up on Instagram. I mean, she is just, just radiant. And so I do want to ask also, so you're, are you vegan? You're not vegan. I'm not. Okay. I'm not vegan. So I eat all the meats. I just all the meat. really focus on sourcing. Yeah, that's, I know, is key. So um, bone broth, can we touch on bone broth for a little bit? Like, I love bone broth and I love collagen. And the reason why is in our modern American diets, we are not eating a lot of cartilage meat, a lot of organ meat. We're not having the full complexity of amino acids that our ancestors did when they're eating a whole animal. So now with bone broth and collagen, you have these amino acids, which actually are precursors to your body building its own collagen, which you will see show up in the tone and elasticity of your skin and how you age. 
I love that. Yeah. And now, do you incorporate collagen powder or do you just like to source the collagen from bone broth? I do the powder. I've had different times in my life where I've made my own bone broth right now, like being a mama and sourcing the right bones, which are Mm -hmm. now more expensive than they used to be. You can't just go to Whole Foods and get them for free. Like back in the day. I remember those days. (laughs) Right. And you're like, can I have the bones? And they're like, okay, crazy girl. Like, go ahead. So I use powders and I love ancient nutrition. That's my favorite um, bone broth protein powder. And they actually have a new savory version now that you can make into soups. Wow. Kind of like a powdered bone broth that you would have like a chicken and they have right. a butter squash flavor. So I love those. Yeah. There's so many great options out there now. And again, you know, you don't have to spend so much money to really reap the benefits. Um, I feel like one that we all do daily is drink water. And I know that's key for skin health. Um, what's your water routine like? Right next to me is my giant Stanley. And that's so huge. Yeah. Water is, is really the main constituent to your skin. So if you're dehydrated, you know, both internally and externally, there's no way your skin is going to have that plump, dewy, glowy look. And water is the cheapest thing you can do besides sleep, which is, you know, both are free and important Mm -hmm. to skin um, that you can do for your skin health. So I, because I'm breastfeeding, I drink um, probably like 150 ounces of water a day. Um, Normally when I'm not breastfeeding, you know, I try to at least hit half my body weight in ounces minimum of just plain water, not any tea or coffee or Mm -hmm. sparkling beverages. And I recommend people start with half their body weight in ounces minimum if they want to see hydrated skin. Pure water, no, nothing added. Electrolytes is totally fine. I love electrolytes. Uh, Needed has some great ones. I love LMNT. Yeah. Um, or element. Those are great. And I, I count that in with the normal water. Um, but otherwise, yeah, no, like okay. other beverages. Celeste and I are not the only ones that drink element. Let me tell you, Element is my choice for electrolyte drink mixes. I personally choose their raw unflavored version and other electrolyte drink mixes are made with added sugar, maltodextrin, dextrose, gums, and even added oils. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. Because electrolytes are vital for our bodies to function, we want to make sure we get the best kind from a quality source. And after literally years of searching, I'm so grateful for the raw, unflavored Element Electrolyte Formula. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serve packets free with any Element order. To get eight free packs, you must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this offer. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So if you try it and you, for whatever reason, don't like it, they will give you your money back, no questions asked, and you can keep the packs and give them to a salty friend. So you really have nothing to lose. So be sure to go to drinklmnt.com slash digest to get this amazing offer. Do you drink coffee or caffeine and how does that affect your skin if it does? Oh my gosh, it affects it so dramatically. So I'm sure you know this, but your caffeine habits um, play such a huge impact on your hormones. And that's where you see it impact your skin. So if your cortisol is high, you're putting coffee on top of that, you're extra dehydrated because you're having that coffee, you're going to have issues with hormonal skin imbalances, hormonal acne, redness, irritation. So what I try to practice is really healthy caffeine habits. I personally am a matcha girl. 
not only because of the L-theanine, which helps our bodies more slowly metabolize the caffeine so I don't get high cortisol and anxiety, but also because it has such incredible skin-boosting antioxidants for anti-aging and really helping clean out any denatured skin cells. So I'm all for matcha, love matcha, even if you're doing matcha, like you said, hydrate before. But I really found through my coaching practice, I, I've been doing holistic skincare coaching. I found that a lot of my clients and also community members online are over-caffeinating. They're having caffeine first thing, especially in the coffee form where you don't have the L-theanine to help you with slow metabolism. So it's a gut shot of caffeine with no water and the cortisol spike is really, really making acne symptoms worse. Interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's amazing what people are doing unknowingly and it's just causing so much inflammation. Um, now, I mean, speaking of inflammation, um, what are some other daily things besides food that people are doing maybe unwillingly that are just wreaking havoc on their skin? Oh my gosh. There's so many things. Let's start with first thing in the morning and then cut me off when I've told you too many. (laughs) No, no, go for it. Um, One thing that is kind of an interesting thing that I found online is that a lot of people recommend to not wash your skin in the morning, to not strip your oils, to, you know, not irritate your skin. When you're sleeping, your pillow has dust, dust mites, environmental toxins, settling building materials, um, sebum, dead skin. So your pillow, no matter how much you wash your sheets, is a cesspool of bacteria and inflammatory agents. So then if you don't wash your skin properly, then you're putting more product on top of that, which is a waste of money because nothing is absorbing and you're just going to be chronically inflamed. So key. Oh my goodness. Um, I think a lot of people don't even realize I personally like to change out my pillowcases, even if I don't wash my sheets, you know, like I just have random colored pillowcases. I'm like, I'm just going to switch them out every night or every other night or whatever. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, you are rare in that, but kudos to you for switching them out that much. Um, I still recommend washing the skin, but yeah, pillowcases, are, are definitely a culprit. So always wash the skin in the morning. Then another inflammatory issue, and this is so systemic. And when we think about holistic skin health that I talk about really is everything happening in your body, but I want to go back to that stress and that cortisol piece. So it's something calming, de-stressing in the morning that if you're not doing one of those morning practices and you're just going into a hard workout, right after you look at your phone and you're going into your day, that is going to cause inflammation in the body because your cortisol is high, your stress is unmanaged. And as we know, stress causes inflammation in the body. So it it seems interesting that would reflect on your skin, but really everything is connected and your skin is the last place it shows up. And you, it's funny um, that you mentioned exercise because I know if you are doing like hit exercises or just going super hard in the gym, that can really cause some skin issues, right? Oh, completely. And I think stress from exercise is one of the best stressors you could put your body into and you're going to see great results. You still need to have that moment of centering in the morning. And you think about no one is going from the bed to a mat on the floor to do the workout. They're probably looking at their phone first. They're in the car. They've got a loud music on or a podcast on that might be, you know, stirring things up. So if you could just take five to 10 minutes out of every morning to just center yourself, breathe, be calm, lower those cortisol levels. Then in a half hour, when you go do your workout, you have a baseline that's really healthy for then your body to experience maybe some cortisol spiking stress that is much better for you than having your phone and coffee and all those things right away. Right. And everyone does react to stress differently and handles it differently. Um, Even like workouts, some people just can't do hard workouts. Maybe like yoga is all you can do or going for walks, you know? So maybe just try it out like 
there's different seasons in your life too, where maybe you can do a workout here or there. And then other times you're like, no workouts are actually making me more stressed. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like stress is one of the most damaging things that especially women in our modern times are going through. And a lot of it, it's not self-inflicted in a way that I'm, I'm, criticizing people it's our the system it's our lifestyles it's work it's society it's everything that we're kind of you know ingrained to believe but really slowing down like you said listening to your body focusing on your specific needs taking inventory of what is serving you and what's not is so important and we often don't sit back and do that but new years is a perfect time to really reevaluate your morning routine and your workout routine and see if it's serving you yeah, no, I love it. And you did mention hormones. And so hormones are a huge factor, especially for women, which a lot of my listeners are women and they, be, they fluctuate all the time. And um, I do want to touch on hormones. I should have asked this earlier, but when you were um, sharing your story, right, about your struggles, did you, were you ever prescribed birth control for your acne? Yep. That was the first thing <laughs> prescribed to me at 17 years old. And, uh, it still didn't help. And then I continued to take birth control for 10 years. So, and I know some other of your guests have had similar experiences. So it's, it's really something I would advise against because as soon as you get off the birth control, the underlying issues of your lifestyle, your hormone imbalance are still going to be there. Yeah. It's amazing how many people were prescribed birth control for acne, myself included, when I was like 13, you know? It's amazing. I mean, look at you now. You're obviously, you're a mother, you know, and you're able to have a child. And I know a lot of people are struggling with that due to hormonal, you know, stuff in the past. So um, kudos for you for correcting all of that. Um, But yeah, so there's, okay, there's birth control that can affect certain things, of course, but um, kind of like switching gears here, what uh, regarding skincare, um, what kind of things does skincare, uh, conventional skincare cause? Like I'm sure it may be endocrine disruptors, like what other things could they cause and why should we steer clear from them? There are so many things. And you touched on a huge one, which is endocrine disruptors. And we're talking about our hormones. We're talking about, you know, fertility, potential for cancer, just all of these things that are in conventional skincare products from parabens to you name it. I mean, fragrance, which is just a huge masking category for a ton of different chemicals that companies can hide in a product without telling you what it is. These are all so damaging. And this is why I do what I do because as women, you know, there's the pink tax. So all of our products are more expensive. We're told that we need them to be beautiful. These narratives are just precipitating people selling things that are harmful for our bodies. And people are not challenging women's products like they are men's products. I mean, as we know, like men's health is the only thing that's researched. It's the only thing that people care about. And so as women, we really have to advocate for ourselves and look into our product ingredients. And the most frustrating part of all of it with natural product or with conventional products is as soon as there's buzzy words and and things like fragrance and parabens are called out as being dangerous, they'll change a chemical constituent of one of the ingredients, change the name so that it's something different on a package and we're confused again. And for anyone listening, it's not your job to go through and memorize every single ingredient, what's bad for me, what's good for me. That is exhausting, even for someone like me who does it as a full-time job. It is hard. Yeah, it's crazy. And a lot of these things, I'm not an expert, of course, like you are, but I don't even know what these words are or these ingredients are. I'm like, what is this? And it, it's, yeah, like you said, it's confusing, So I have some just tangible tips for people that's really helpful because I truly feel that, you know, cleaning up your skincare routine, not only for what's happening on the inside of your body for hormones, but also to protect your skin barrier from cheap alcohols that are going to dry out your skin. Ingredients are going to be irritants on the surface of your skin and make your skin look 
spread and irritate and make acne worse. Um, so it's the inside and outside, but using resources like um, Think Dirty, which is an app, which will tell you if an ingredient is good or bad and give you some insight. Things like the Environmental Working Group Skin Deep Database, where you can put in your product and they'll give you a score and a rating. Or if you find people that you trust online, you know, you can always follow me and ask me, but finding those people that you trust that will help you navigate so that you're not there you know, at Sephora, like spending 30 minutes you don't have trying to decipher a very misleading and confusing label. Yeah, for sure. I love it that you even said the pink tax just because, you know, it's true. Yeah. If you're a woman, it's like three times as much. Um, And then also touching on fragrance again too, that can cause other things beyond skin health. I know people get headaches from fragrance. I mean, the scary thing about fragrance, and I don't know how much you delved into this, but there was a fair labeling and practices, I think that's the name of it, act of like the 1930s, where companies could hide ingredients under the term fragrance if it was a certain percentage so that other people wouldn't steal their trade secrets, right? So now companies are utilizing that as a place to put harmful toxic ingredients without consumers knowing because it's legal to conceal their secret sauce of what it smells like, which is completely illegal in most countries, the industrialized nations, but over here in the good US of A, we could care less about anything besides capitalism. That's horrible. No, I mean, that's fragrance. That's just like natural flavors in food. Like you can hide something in natural flavors in food and it could be completely different. And yeah, they don't have to tell you. We have no idea. Yeah. So I love that you pointed that out. Um, Now, what are some common misconceptions when people are looking for, quote, clean beauty? So vegan doesn't mean clean. If the label is green or has wood on it, it says clean green. There's so many ways that we can greenwash and make something seem like it's good for you. Um, Dermatologist approved. Like, yeah, you paid off some dermatologist to prove this. Good job. So many things. And it's really, in my opinion, it's not looking at products and trying to decipher it, it's going to your trusted sources, the Credo Beauty, Environmental Working Group, finding those little pockets and those brands that you trust and just making it easy and shopping there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, just know where to find it. Yeah, I love that. Um, Now, what are some clean beauty products that you would recommend for different things? And I actually have a list because I'm I'm very interested myself. Um, So like... Let's talk about some acne. Let's talk about anti-aging. What if you have dryness, oily skin, like all the things? Yes, all the things. Okay. So acne was the first one you talked about. Mm -hmm. So let's go there. So with acne, most people who have acne, you have sticky sebum that keeps dead skin cells together and it clogs pores, which create a breakout or a pimple. So finding a gentle chemical exfoliant meaning that it's not a physical scrub, but it's some sort of solvent that's going to break down those little shingles of sebum and dead skin is so helpful. And you can find something with fruit enzymes as a beginner to just start to have a gentle exfoliation of those pores without having any kind of irritation or reaction. So there's so many that I love. There's one from Alpen Beauty, Juice Beauty, but finding an enzyme mask or an enzyme treatment to use once or twice a week can really help with acne. Okay. Enzyme. And I'm sure people can go on your website too, and you have like your faves on there too. All the things and saved in my skincare highlights on Instagram or all the things for you. And then when we get into aging, I love talking about this because as a 33 year old mom who feels like my baby has sucked a lot of the collagen and moisture <laughs> out of my skin, which all you breastfeeding mamas out there can uh, connect to. Um, but with anti-aging, there's two ingredients I really, really love. Um, the first one is vitamin C. And not only is this antioxidant going to help with cell renewal, um, it's also going to help you protect your skin from environmental um, 
toxins. It's going to help you from different things that could denature and break down the collagen in your skin. So love vitamin C. I also love retinol and retinol is a little controversial, but the thing is retinol is a form of vitamin A. Not all retinols are um, tretinoin prescription really harsh. There's lots of alternatives to retinol and vitamin A derivatives that are great for your skin. They help with cell turnover. They help plump the skin. They help regenerate new skin cells. They help with pigment. I mean, retinol okay. alter alternatives are incredible. For a while, I was struggling with sleep, which was then affecting my ability to think clearly and perform my daily work. I was also getting trembles and even anxiety just from the lack of sleep. I also couldn't do normal daily tasks like grocery shopping or do multiple errands, not to mention the migraines from only two to three hours a night of sleep. It was taking a toll on me and I even considered sleeping medication. I was already a consumer of Ned's original CBD, but then they came out with their sleep blend. So I decided to give that a try. Ned's sleep blend contains not only CBD, but also CBN, which has shown in studies to specifically help sleep. Other organic botanicals shown to help sleep are also added, such as lemon balm and passionflower. All these ingredients work cohesively, creating the perfect blend to help anyone struggling with sleep, including myself. I just take a full dropper under my tongue 30 minutes before I want to go to bed for a restful night's sleep. This is organic certified, outdoor grown, and made in small batches. Ned believes in full transparency and happily shares third-party lab reports right on their website. That's just another reason why I love Ned CBD. I personally consume it and even recommend it to my family. Become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code DIGEST. Go to helloned.com slash digest or enter code DIGEST at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash digest to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering my listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. There is a lot of controversial like things about retinol. So can you decipher which ones are the good kind, which ones are not the good kind? <laughs> yes. So the thing about retinol is it's one component of a skincare product, right? It's one vitamin A derivative. Tretinoin is a prescription. There's a lot of other things mixed with that. You're not going to get a pure form of vitamin A derivative. So you have to look at the formulation and get a clean formulation with all of the other components that are clean and supportive of your skin. So it's just like saying flour is bad, right? Mm -hmm. To put it in the food perspective, like flour is bad, but no, actually, you know, if you use an organic flour, maybe you even take it a step further and have like an organic sprouted flour, sprouted almond yeah. flour. So there, this spectrum is so wide when you talk about retinols. So there's so, so many good ones. Um, what do you have a favorite brand? January Labs is one of my favorite brands. Um, it's sold at Credo. The founder is one of my dear friends now because I'm such a fangirl, but she's in her forties and she looks like she's 31, maybe just all natural, like the most beautiful skin. And her retinol product is incredible. Okay. I need to get on this myself. Yes, you're going to love it. <laughs> okay. Um, and now what about dryness? Yeah. So this is the season for dry. And the thing that's interesting about dry skin is a lot of people are putting heavy moisturizer on their dry skin and thinking that that's going to solve their problem. But really, if your skin is dry, it's lacking hydration and moisture. So you need to get that hydration piece before the moisture. So the hydration piece, we're talking about more water-based light products that are easily absorbed into the skin like a serum or a mist, probably both if your skin is dry. So you want to layer on low molecular weight, meaning thin to thick. And that thick moisturizer applied on top of those hydrating ingredients is going to seal in all that moisture to make your dry skin hydrated, moisturized, and look really glowy. 
Those are great tips. And also just going back to diet, I feel like if you're not just hydrating internally, you know, it's going to show up. Totally. We talk about hydrating foods. I mean, the cucumbers, the melons, anything with visible water, incorporating that into your diet with hydration from water and then doing the topical application is going to be life-changing. Awesome. And then going into oily skin, I'm sure also if you're eating like greasy foods um, and things like that, that'll also uh, show up on your skin. But let's just say you are doing all the things uh, right with your with your diet, right? And you still have oily skin. Then Then what? One interesting thing about oily skin is a lot of times it's hormonal. So funny enough, and I know you said to not touch on diet, but one thing that I think will surprise your audience is that sugar actually can uh, increase androgens in your body and make your body produce a lot more sebum and oil. So if you're eating a lot of sugar, that's why a lot of times when you're eating sugar, you get pimples. So if you can decrease refined sugar in your diet, that's actually very helpful. And then another thing that's interesting about oily skin is a lot of times if your skin is dehydrated, it will overproduce oil to try to compensate. So if you can use those hydrating products that I talked about, and then a really light, maybe gel-based moisturizer, you will relieve your skin of having to overproduce oil. I love that. That's a great tip. Um, Now, are there any good oils for our skin, because I want to like say personally, coconut oil, no. For, for me, it like, I don't agree with it. My skin breaks out and, and then yet others swear by it. So what's your take on that? So there's a scale of um, pore clogging ability. It's called comodogenic. And coconut oil is very comodogenic, meaning it's high pore clogging. Some people who have very small pores, they're not at all acne prone, they can get away with slathering margarine on their face (laughs) and be fine. I don't recommend that. I don't recommend any of that. But there's a lot of really high quality oils that are low comedogenic, meaning that they're not pore clogging, like the jojobas of the world, the sea buckthorn oils, rose hip oil. So there's so many oils, sweet almond oil that you can use even if you're oily and acne prone. I love that. And what about um, argon oil? Argon oil is also pretty low comedogenic and it's usually a blend in a lot of skincare. Okay. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but you I like, have to test it out. Okay. Everyone's so different. Well, and there's so many different brands and like even Trader Joe's now sells, you know, Aragon oil and like, you don't know which is actually like true or pure. Um, now what are some things beyond like going to a skincare store that you could use, like things in your home and natural things like putting yogurt on your face or honey? Like, do you do any of that? I'm a big fan of two things. Number one is aloe vera. Getting the leaf, you can use the leaf pulp as a mask if you're dry or if your skin is irritated and red. So that's a great little hack, especially if you're going on vacation where they have aloe available. And then Manuka is such a go-to. It is one of the most hydrating, soothing ingredients from nature that you can just open a jar and put on your skin. It's also great as a blemish spot treatment. And it has been proven to reduce dark spots from aging and scarring when applied as a mask. Wow. I love that. Um, just, um, I can't remember, this was like a few years ago, but I had burned uh, my face with like a curling iron and I immediately, what I did was I put aloe vera on it and then I put Manuka honey on it. And I think it was like a week later, it was a bad burn and you couldn't even tell. Wow. So, same page, like you know it. The (laughs) Manuka thing, and you know this, but with honey in general, you really do want to look at the ingredients because all of the properties that are really going to give you that humectant hydration, that acne fighting and the reduction of uh, scarring and pigmentation, that comes from how active the vitamins, minerals, all the components of specifically Manuka honey, which is very superfood honey, not just regular old bear honey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about like facial exercises. 
gua sha? Do you ice roll? What, what do you do? These are such great practices and gua sha. I will start with because I do almost every day. I'm really, really in love with it. And I really realized the benefits of gua sha when I started doing myofascial release work in physical therapy and learning about our fascia and how our fascia is this whole network of fibers that holds our muscles and it gets tense and pulled and you can actually release it. You can get lift and softening and wrinkles and all those kind of things when you use your gua sha stone with oil to really release and and lift certain things in your myofascial network of your face. I love, you know, and let's just go one step back. Can you explain what gua sha is for those that may not know? So it's an ancient practice of massaging your face in specific movements and ways with a stone. So you'll have different edges. Some are curved that you can lift. Some are more like a comb where you can kind of just um, brush that comb through certain areas to help release tension or wrinkling. And the thing about gua sha is this is not a permanent solution for aging. This is not a facelift, but if you do it consistently and you're releasing that fascia, you do see not only kind of a lift and plump from just stimulating the blood and the collagen and releasing the fascia, but you can get a little bit of a lift just not permanently, but if it's half the day where your eyes look open and bright and you're feeling really confident about the way your wrinkles look, I think it's completely worth the 15 minutes to do it. For sure. Yeah. Um, and are there, I don't know, do you have to take a class to do it or can you just like go and just dive right in and start gua shawing? <laughs> Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's good. So most people have the instinct to gua sha way too hard. Everyone's in there. If you're creating a bunch of redness, you're doing it too hard. So I recommend watching. I learned from a class. I took a class from Wildling. They make a gua sha stone that's really beautiful. So their educators, uh, they have so many reels, so many IGTVs, like teaching you how to gua sha properly and also showing you how you can get certain results with certain gua sha techniques. Like they, they taught me one that I do every day almost to plump your lips where you are raking the comb side over your lips and lifting it. So you can get a little bit of a plump with the stone. Awesome. Yeah. Um, And it works. You'll see the difference. Okay. And then what about ice rolling? I'm obsessed with ice rolling. To be honest, I don't do it a lot right now because I haven't had active acne in quite a while. But if you're someone who's suffering from a lot of redness, irritation, active acne, ice rolling is one of the most beneficial things to just soothe the area, take away some of the pain and redness out of the breakout. And it feels so, so good. Like I just highly recommend doing it after you cleanse morning and night. Okay. Well, I have a question, personal question, actually, because so I'll wake, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll ice roll. Um, not for necessarily a breakout. I feel like it's just sometimes I wake up and I'm like maybe puffy on a side or like whatever, right? So, and then I'll do like a gua sha, like ice roll first, then gua sha. Is that, should I be doing it backwards? I'll walk you through like my dream scenario for what you're doing this okay. in the morning. So my dream scenario is Bethany wakes up, she cleanses her skin. So she's nice and fresh, no dust mites on the skin. And then you're going to do your full skincare routine. No, no, sorry, sorry. Okay. You've you've cleansed, you've cleansed, you've ice rolled. So you're going to cleanse, then we'll ice roll. So you're ice rolling on clean skin with a clean ice roller, one to two minutes. You're getting that inflammation down, that puff down. Then you're going to do the rest of your skincare minus SPF. Okay. So everything, whether you're using a moisturizer for your gua sha or an oil for your gua sha, you want something that's going to allow the stone to slide. So you're not just raking on your skin. And then once you're done with that, then you apply your SPF makeup if you want, not if you don't want. And that is chef's kiss. Perfect scenario. Oh, all right. Now let's talk about SPF because there's, it's kind of controversial because a lot of people say it causes cancer and all of the things, and then other people swear by it. So is there a certain type of SPF that we should be using versus like quote conventional, you know? Yes, 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 yes. 
So the thing about SPF that's controversial, I mean, there's two things. From the product perspective, you have what's called a chemical SPF and a physical SPF. And a physical SPF is minerals that lay on the surface of your skin that protect your skin from the sun and harmful UVA and UVBs. Chemical SPFs are actually a, they're chemicals that create a little combustion to help offset the UVA and UVBs on the surface of your skin. These chemical SPFs are ones that are potentially carcinogenic, harmful for the environment, harmful for your hormones. And they're very common, but I will say a lot of brands are getting away from these avobenzones and things that are more toxic that are in SPF. So always go for a mineral SPF. And I recommend using it every single day, whether or not you're going outside, any area of your body that you want to stay looking young and healthy, face, neck, decollete, backs of your hands. Like, I mean, hate to Great. say it, I'm a little yeah. vain. I would like to not have tons of wrinkles and sunspots all over in the next five years. That's just... Yeah. what I'd like to do. That's a great tip for the back of your hands. So, you know, a lot of people don't even think about that because they typically don't get burned, but they do age. They do age. So I'm a huge advocate for SBF. And then there is in the like biohacker wellness space, there's something to be said about vitamin D from the sun, getting the sun in your eyes, on your skin. I'm all for that, but like, let's do the back of my legs or, you know, <laughs> under my arms. Like I don't need to have tons of sun exposure on the moneymaker, you know, like keep the face protected <laughs> and let your back get some sun. Right. Right. Now, do you do any kind of facial exercises? Like there's this one, there's this one girl, um, I forgot her name, but she's like in LA and she does, um, she actually does facials and it's like a massage facial and she goes like inside your mouth. The buccal. I'm not Yeah. Buccal massage. I, I'm obsessed with buccal massages. I've had one, but really at the end of the day, when it comes to skincare and beauty, what is realistic for your life? Like I personally, I have red light devices. I have other things, little tools and gadgets, and I don't do them. I don't have the time. I'm a busy mom. If you can do facial massage and you can do your red light and you can do your, you know, new face microcurrent and you can do all these things and spend an hour on your skin every day, please. I would love, love that for you. But also if facial massage is your jam and you feel relaxed, like I do think if you did it every day, it would make an impact on your skin. hundred percent. But for me- Who has time for that? Who yeah. has time for that? So. No. Okay. So then- for those that are the average person with a hectic life, what are some non-negotiables if you could pick like three things? Yeah, I think number one is water, which we talked about time and time again. This is the easiest thing to just have the huge 40 ounce next to you. So easy. Um, you know, then the next thing, stress is such a huge factor five minutes for a morning practice. First thing you do when you wake up before you look at your phone. And then the last one, have a very simple skincare routine that takes you five minutes or less that you do very consistently twice a day. Mm -hmm. I think consistency is key. Totally. And you don't need to spend a million dollars. A lot of these clean products, I mean, I love the brand Coco Kind. I love Versed. They sell them at Target. Most products are under $20. And if you're just consistent, you are going to see great results. Are there any other tips before we close? Are any other tips like that you just want to get out there and share with the world? I think really taking the time to look at your skin, evaluate what you need. We are so in tune and intuitive if we just listen. So when it comes to your diet, your gut health, how much water you need, what's happening on your skin. It's not a formula that someone can prescribe to you. I can't tell you exactly what to do with your skin every day, 
but looking in the mirror and being like, wow, I feel like my skin looks a little dry today, or wow, I'm really tired. I should just give myself a little more rest, or I'm thirsty right now. I mean, just using that intuitive genius that you have within yourself to help you on your journey and not always obsessing about a plan that someone else is telling you to do or that you see on Instagram is the most beneficial thing you could do for yourself in the long term. Awesome. And where can people find you? Just pump yourself up right now. Instagram, website, what, what, if they want to reach out, follow you, where can they find you? So I am on TikTok and Instagram every day. That's the best place to connect with me. Instagram is Celeste Thomas. TikTok is Celeste Thomas RN. I do weekly Q&As on Wednesday where if you have something really specific, I'm so happy to answer. And I just want to help people feel their most skin confident. And if I can do that for anyone, like it is a career well served because it's my greatest passion to not have anyone suffered like I did. And yeah, I just love helping people with their skin. Awesome. Well, you're doing such amazing work and you're helping so many people. So I want to just thank you for the time that you t- that you took just to come on here. I know you're a busy mama and a working mama as well. So thank you so much, Celeste. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Bethany. And thank you for all your incredible recipes. We are so in line with our obsession with sun butter and so many <sighs> things. And I appreciate you having me and for your audience to you know be listening to all of this. I really appreciate it. And I'm here for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of Digest This comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows, hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist, Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming. But that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.